You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and entrepreneur here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. Hope you guys are doing well, and it feels really good to be back on the microphone. Uh, Thank you everyone for your patience and kindness as I took a little bit of a break with no heads up. I apologize. Um... But yeah, it's been a crazy month and welcome to this very celebratory episode of First of All being released on my birthday and First of All's birthday. So happy fourth birthday to First of All podcast. This is crazy. Um, Yeah, I really never thought that I would reach this point. I certainly didn't imagine this when I first started this podcast back in 2017. Uh, I remember that version of me was going through a lot of changes. Uh, it was right before I got my condo that I live in now. I was in the middle of a life coaching investment with Abe Heisler. Shout out to Abe. Hi, Abe. You helped me launch this freaking podcast. Um, I had no idea what to anticipate in the future. And lo and behold, 150 plus episodes later, I'm still here. And it is absolutely incredible. And I'm so very grateful. So for this episode, I wanted to uh, share some reflections. It's been it's been quite a month, month and a half since I've recorded any episodes. And again, I'm sorry that I kind of just went off the grid. There was a lot that was transpiring and um, becoming kind of a block. But I just re- I honestly really appreciate all the messages that I got about the the ghosting one and and the ones that uh, people sent about Anthony Francisco. I'm really glad you enjoyed those episodes. They were super fun for me to record and nerve wracking for me to share, especially the ghost ghosting one. And it was just so fun to know that uh, people liked that and that it was helping people heal some stuff and I don't know just find closure in certain ways that I think are really important. But in this episode, I thought I'd just do a little sit down to commemorate this occasion, um, the passing of time, my own personal milestone, because I'm 36, (sighs) y'all. I can tell you as like when I was a young person, I never really, again, thought and anticipated who or what I would be when I turned 36. I honestly really didn't think past 30 when I was younger. I felt like 30 was kind of like a pinnacle of adulthood and Frankly, after that, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. And I, I don't know if I care. Clearly, I didn't because I didn't think about it. So it is kind of crazy to have the mindset that I have and the energy that I have. And uh, honestly, I'm Asian and we don't raise in. <laughs> so I don't feel like I even like look 36. I'm told that I don't. Thank you guys for your compliments. But uh, yeah, it's weird to have been alive for this many years, three dozen years, and to take stock of everything that's happened. And uh, it's been very intensely reflective this last month and a half with me entering society again, um, this new normal that we have. And that's an amazing episode that's going to come out in a few days with Steve Lim. Y'all know Steve. He's my dude. And uh, we've talked a lot about toxic masculinity and dating and relationships. And he's back to just go through all of it as we figure out this new normal together. So stay tuned for that episode. But um, yeah, me as a person, I just thought I would reflect and 
share some sisterly advice, whether I'm your little sister or for a lot of you, your older sister. I just wanted to, yeah, I, I've honestly benefited so much from hearing other people's experiences and their lessons learned recently. And I thought it could be another good point. Just share out loud what I've been going through. So I thought that I would share the good, the good part. There, there was a really, really amazing component of this last month and a really, really sucky one. So I'll share the first one, which is I went on my first solo vacation ever. I just got back a couple days ago. Um, I went to Maui in Hawaii, y'all. So let's just unpack that first. Um, the The decision-making process in going on a vacation was strangely a really stressful one. And I've become a lot more introspective, as if I wasn't enough already. But uh, I am very aware of my feelings. So I was paying very close attention to what I was going through as I was trying to make this decision. Not as I was trying to, as I was making this decision, because this decision took a long, long time. And that in of itself was really revealing to me because I realized, yeah, that at 36, about to be 36, I had never taken a solo vacation by myself. And I had rarely ever taken a vacation in general. And I had never spent or even like dreamed of spending that much money on myself. So there are a lot of things happening here. Um, with me stressing out about stopping work, I have very go, go, go lifestyle, a very go, go, go mentality, even in the midst of COVID, even in the midst of being like isolated and quarantined. Y'all like I'm really good at filling up my schedule. And I did pretty habitually like it's just been it's like my brand it's like everyone say oh Minji she's so busy and uh for better or worse yeah it was pretty true and I didn't know how to stop to take a breath it's been like an ongoing struggle for me so I think I kind of reached a point of exhaustion and I'll explain why in a little bit um but I decided that I'm gonna take a break for myself I'm going to spend some of the money that I have worked my ass off for, for years, but especially this last year, um, and just enjoy the fruits of my labor. And it was really, really strange to like fight within myself to come to this decision because there's this survival mode that I think I go into and this panicked, anxious, worrisome mode that I go into that's been like my best friend of me for most of my life. That if I stop, how am I going to, like, what is that going to jeopardize? Like, oh, my God, if I stop working, like, I'm going to spend all this money. And like, but I, I need to work. Like, I need to work. I need to make money. And also being a freelancer, guys, like working gig to gig is a big deal. I'd gotten very accustomed to always hustling, always putting in as many hours in a day to like every possible revenue stream that I have to to just stay afloat. And I I feel like I definitely surpassed the staying afloat part in terms of my income, which is a huge winning moment for me that I just glossed over. And um, yet I couldn't shake that feeling. And it was really, really, honestly, for the lack of, I'm just keeping it really real because I'm still kind of like emotionally exhausted. We're just going to like cut through the bullshit. It fucks with me. It like fucks with my head. 
I couldn't stop thinking, like, I can't stop. I cannot afford to stop. If I stop, then, like, I'm sacrificing a week of auditioning or working on my startup idea or writing or doing all the things that, like, I need to do to keep my wheels turning. And it's freaking hard to break that. So even the decision to take a vacation, y'all, clearly was an extensive one. I don't want to like go too far into it, but I just wanted to explain if there's anybody else out there who has struggled to stop and to take a break or, you know, for lack of better words, kind of is addicted to work and um, is really caught up in that hustle culture and the hustle mentality I'm right there with you, boo. Like, I get it. Really, really, really get it. And I've come to face all those things, like, so repeatedly. This is not the first time, but this is the time that I was like, nah, dude, we're doing this. Like, I'm going on the vacation, and that's just, that's the end of that. But in the process of that, I had to address all of these really real feelings of anxiety and concern about money and... um just honestly, at the end of the day, like wondering if I was worth spending that much money on. So that's when it gets into the money part. Um, it's not even just the hustle culture and that lifestyle and maybe an addiction to work and using it as a way to like cope and survive with a lot of deeper things. Um, I definitely was also really freaking out at the idea, the concept of spending a good chunk of money. Now, in the grand scheme of things, like, it is a substantial amount of money to go to Hawaii. Getting there is one thing, which I had hella points and I use that because your girl strategizes. But it's also another thing to stay there, to do activities there, to have a rental car. And if I don't know if any of you guys know or have traveled to Hawaii recently because the world's been opening up and people have been going to Hawaii throughout this last year in the safest way possible, hopefully, is that they're very um, short on cars. So getting around the island, if you want to go explore, which is why I wanted to go, I wanted to bask in all the awesomeness of the nature and everything. Um yeah, like it adds up really, really fast. And the fact that I was going to go spend that kind of money on just myself and to actually be there alone, it was like the most daunting thing to me. And I I couldn't like, I couldn't just do the thing. I couldn't actually just press book. It took me weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks because I'd been contemplating this since basically the beginning of this year. Um, And then once vaccines happened and I got vaccinated in April, I was like, I really want to go somewhere alone to be just calm, be calm and relaxed. Like the older you get, and this is where my big sister advice comes in. Like, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I heard it a lot from my friends and all of us. We just get freaking tired, man. And you start to value your time, your energy and your rest so much more because you've gone through many iterations and many cycles of burnout and being physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted. So I was like, I really want to take this, not only because I'm working on feeling worthy of it and feeling that I deserve it for all the work that I have done and just the practical side of like, I need to rest. I need to chill. I need to calm down. I need to get my sleeping schedule in order again. Um, I need to take time to breathe and not freak out on work schedule projections on working out meal planning like I just need a break and if I can take a week which I took six days like that's a start that's a huge huge start and that felt so huge to me and I'm really glad that I did it the end of the day I'd realized like y'all I've given I've given up 
hella money for a hella people for hella long. Like, if I could do math and, like, count up how much money I sank into boyfriends, holy... Girl, like, it's honestly a point of shame for me, being honest. Like, I have... Like, my crazy ex that I had when I was a teenager, the... I don't want to say that. That sounds terrible. Like, flippant. The the difficult ex that I had as a teenager, the abusive one, I gave him thousands of dollars. I started giving that guy cash since I was 14. And I was with him for five years, and I'd been working. I worked since I was legally able to. I worked in a dry cleaners from, like, time I was 14 um, I worked when I was in college. I worked many different jobs when I was in college. And I gave that guy so much cash. I bought him stuff. Like, I've lent money to boyfriends. I've, like, paid for... Like, I've had a hard time having boyfriends pay for me. I've had boyfriends who lost jobs for a significant stretch of our relationship. So I covered a lot. Like, not splitting rent. Like, I've... I'm not saying this to paint myself in some, like, heroic thing. Like, I really look back on all those things and I'm like, what was going on with that, dude? It wasn't even, like, a 50-50. It was like I was shouldering a really hefty part of a financial burden with many of my partners significantly. Um, And that blows my mind. And I've put money into... I've donated money to like organizations and all this stuff because there's things I really believe in. And if anything, like the equivalent of money through my time and my services, like I've done this for years. And so on many, many levels, y'all, and I'm really not trying to pay myself a martyr. It's like there's parts of me that admire that because I'm I'm very grateful that I have such a, a generous side to me. And that's very real. But to me, when I look back on some of those things, I was like, why did I do all of that and not have any sort of self-preservation or protection for my for my work and for my time and for my the currency like again money is just one form of currency I think energy and time is a very very valuable if not more important currency in our lives like I just gave it away you know um and at the time I can reflect you know I think either I was convinced or I really believed that it was worth giving away and that I was getting something really valuable I could argue and in retrospect that like not all of those were I don't think all of those were healthy. I don't think all of those were appropriate. I don't think all of those were generous. There's something kind of pathological about the way that I gave away everything of me, including my money, without having any sort of kind of self-protection or to me, it's very revealing of that lack of self-love that I wasn't sticking up for myself and not protecting my my energy. Like a lot of that is just all came under, under the microscope like times a thousand when I was trying to book this freaking vacation to Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? So it was a big deal. And like when I took stock of that, I was really checking in with my feelings. Like why am I feeling so like literally I felt ill. Like I felt nauseous. Like the idea of I set a budget and the numbers just, it honestly wasn't that much, you guys. Like I'm I'm a hustler, so I know how to budget. And I also like maximize experiences because I've lived in a gig to gig lifestyle and working for a nonprofit and things like that. Like I live also, I also live in California. So living here costs a shit ton of money. So I've had to learn how to stretch a dollar. 
um, my activities are also not like spending $100 on zip lining. Like I just want to get to a place so I can hike for free. You know, that's my idea of a good time. So I was like figuring it out. And what honestly now in retrospect, now that it's done, I was like, it was not that much money. But before I had the audacity and the courage to like click book and to click, you know, pay, it was so much. It was so much money. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to spend this on me? Me? Like, why? Like, this is, this money could go towards this and I should put this away for that. And that's more practical and all this stuff, which is all true. But why was it so freaking hard for me to just say, yes, Minji, you've worked your butt off. You have earned every single cent of this. You are worth this much money. You're worth way more than this. But at least that much, right? To spend six days to like be in a place that you've dreamed of going for a really long time that you've delayed going to because you wanted to save it. It's also part of getting older. Like, I just stopped wanting to save everything for, like, everyone else. Like, what if I want to go? Just go, you know? Just go. What's stopping you? And also because I feel like Maui is very safe um, as a solo traveler. Like, there's nothing kind of stopping me from enjoying this trip and this decision, this choice, except for my own anxiety and worry and self-doubt and low self-worth and all this stuff that I was like just having like a tsunami of crap also it's cancer season so it makes sense you guys because this is uh it's when we're in our feelings however i take that back because i think i booked this in gemini season which is very thoughtful and that was like i was overthinking everything so it all makes sense anyway um but yeah i was i was processing all of that so at the end of the day um i booked it Also because I gave myself an out. I was like, oh, it's well through it's through Southwest. So if I decide to back out because it's too extravagant, then I can always cancel and get my refund. Thank you, Southwest. I appreciate you. You love you let me proceed with my falling apart <laughs> over vacation with that safety net. Um so that happened. And then so yeah, with the decision, um increasingly over the last month and a half of me going out, I actually traveled to Portland to spend some time with one of my best friends. Hi, Jane. I love you. Um, And going up to Seattle to see my brother with my parents, spending a really interesting week at home in the Bay Area, which I'll talk about in a second. All of those things kind of gave me a lot more clarity and a lot more courage to finally, about one month out, just book a condo. I booked a rental car, even though it was very difficult, you guys. And the prices were really high for a typical rental car because I've rented cars all over the United States. It was pretty high, but I just decided I worked within my budget. I found an available car and I committed to it and I booked it. All of this was about three to four weeks out before the trip. So it's not that big of a window. Like ideally you'd want to book well in advance, but again, for my own um, internal purposes, I had a hard time. I had, a, I had a really hard time. But when I finally clicked pay, finally clicked confirm, booked, all of that, like I was extremely proud of myself. And then, you know, going back and forth between feeling like, oh my God, what did I just do? I was like, you go, girl. I love you. Way to handle it. Way to, way to invest in yourself. You're amazing. I love you. This is going to be a good birthday gift to you. And then like five minutes later, like, why did I just spend all that money? Am I, am I crazy? Like, what are you trying to prove? Like, why did you do that? Did it... <laughs> it was wild. 
And I'll say this as an add-on asterisk, also being female and having to go through, you know, like my cycle and, and PMSing and all that stuff in between all that and having to question all that, it just exacerbates it. So we all just need to have a little bit of compassion for everybody. You do not know what anyone is going through. You have no idea to what depths and what lengths like they are stretched and pulled and uncomfortable with something as seemingly small or like simple as planning a vacation. It's not that simple for a lot of people, uh, myself included. So I'm just putting that out there. Um, so since I've taken like 80,000 years explaining what led up to the vacation, the vacation itself, it was really, really fun. It's also really terrifying. And uh, I'm just really glad that I went on it. You know, I um, overcame a lot. And um, also just put this out there. Yeah, as a, as a female, a, adult female traveling solo who has traveled a lot. Like, I've traveled so much. So much, you guys. I've lived internationally. I've uh, I traveled for work a ton. I've gone to a lot of different corners of the U.S. I've gone to Asia. I've gone to Europe, um, around Europe, around Asia, all over the U.S. You know, like, I've gone a lot of places. But this this concept of, like, traveling by myself and staying by myself was really unique. Like before, I'd always have a travel buddy or work buddy, uh, an event that I was going to, to host or whatever, um, friends that I would meet up with, friends in the local area, a program. Like when I studied abroad, yeah, I went to Europe, but I was there through like my school and I made friends like right out the gate and um, was, you know, and the first time I went to Europe was with my brother and I stayed with him for three months and he was like my guardian the whole time. And in Asia, even like I would go and see family and I went for a wedding in India. So it's like always friends and circumstances that gave me some level of security, um, a safety net, an anchor. And mind you, this is Maui, so I feel like it's very safe. But this was the first time that I was really like staying alone on my own. And after my a first couple days there, which one of my, my friend Jane, love her, uh, she was there with me because she was there on a family vacation. Um, after she left a couple days in after I was there, I was really on my own. And it was terrifying for me to be like, I don't know anybody on this island. And um, yeah, that's just that concept. And really, really kind of facing that is it can be a lot. So I don't know, I could sound super neurotic to a lot of you out there and be like, yo, it's not that big of a deal. And you can say that. I mean, that's a fair statement. But I'm going to rebut and be like, no, it was a big ass deal. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know my feelings. <laughs> I will, I will, I will double down. It was a big deal for me. Um, and my anxiety was getting the best of me, which kind of, you know, wasn't the best way to spend a vacation, but it was very real. And I just had to learn how to deal with it. I think that was also the purpose of it, right? Um, I'm not one to necessarily back down from a challenge. I, I appreciate you know, not I can appreciate what lessons come out of the hardship. Not that I enjoy hardship because I'm not crazy. Um, but I, I knew that it was doing something important from like the inside out to go through this experience. So it was just really interesting to be alone. Um, there are some scary parts. <laughs> like I heard a ghost story. I, when I was like out in the middle of a lava field, like looking up at the Milky Way for the first time, also wondering if I was going to die. Um, I heard a ghost story that night to like prompt me to, for the next last three nights I was in Maui, I couldn't sleep with the lights off. 
I don't know if you guys have heard of the goddess Pele, but like I didn't, I've been to Hawaii three or four times before, never heard of Pele. And um, yeah, she's like a, a goddess ghost or like a, a woman that can show up anywhere and ask for a ride or a light for her cigarette and all this stuff. And you have to treat her with aloha spirit. Like you have to be very generous to her and kind to her. And if you don't, then like disaster can befall you. And it's like scary. I don't know. And then I found out that there was like a, a resort nearby where I lived that was built on an ancient Hawaiian burial ground. And that that resort was haunted and people had seen ghosts there. And I was just, okay, I am spiritual. Like I believe in spirit. Like that, that shit was scary. Okay. And I could not, I'd then go home and, and freaking freak out for the next three nights, not being able to sleep with my lights off. Like, I was scared that, like, the girl from The Grudge was going to, oh, my God, I'm getting scared right now. I can't even. Um, but that's how that went. So as much as it was, like, paradise and the, the daytime was amazing, you know, beaches, um, treating myself to an acai bowl, which I freaking love. That's, that's like my win meal. That's the thing that I treat myself when things are really great and I get a good audition. I would always go and get an acai bowl. And, like, I'm sorry, having an acai bowl in freaking Maui is just, it's just beautiful. It is exquisite. But having those experiences and like getting a nice tan, my ugly Fitbit tan evened out, all that stuff, getting more comfortable with my body, which was a big intention of this trip because I still have a lot of body issues that we will talk about, we have talked about, and we'll keep talking about here, first of all, because I think a lot of our own hangups with being comfortable in our bodies and my lifelong issues wearing a bathing suit in general, let alone a two-piece, you know, just like kind of being free and wanting to love myself again on all fronts. It was, there were so many good things, so many good things. So all of that juxtaposed with like, I can't turn the lights off because I might see a ghost here in my condo and then I will die. Um, then on my second to last day, my last full day in Maui, I took a really beautiful trip, um, I didn't do the road to Hana because I heard it was a little bit nuts and I didn't want to deal with all of that. I really wanted the vacation to be relaxing, which thanks to the ghost stories, it totally was going to be relaxing. Um, but I decided to do the southern route to go to PPY Trail, which is the end of the road to Hana, which is very famous in Maui. And it takes a couple hours, like two and a half hours to drive there from where I was staying and that's where the huge waterfall is. That's where the bamboo forest is. Like, I really, really was hell-bent on going there. And I was like, this is going to be an epic way to end my last day. I was going to do that hike, go see the waterfall, go see the bamboo forest. And then um, from there, drive another two hours up to Haleakala Volcano and watch the sunset over the clouds. It's like the top of that peak, that crater, is where you just, you're in heaven, Literally, that was supposed to be my, be my day. When I embarked on this journey, I was going ham. Like the producer in me is like, okay, we're going to schedule this. We're going to pack. I had everything I needed because the hike was going to be hot, but the top of the crater was going to be freezing. Had my winter clothes. I brought my jacket, had all my sunscreen, my books in case I needed to chill and read somewhere. Uh, battery pack was all charged. I went and got amazing food. So I had like food the whole day because I was going to be out kind of in the middle of nowhere. I went and got a good sandwich, all this stuff. It was great. Then I go on this drive and this two and a half hour drive, which at 
certain points in the middle of it, there's no service. It's a coastal drive. And I assumed that. I was like, I don't think that there's going to be cell service um, the entire time. So it's fine. I had podcasts ready for that, whatever. But when I got there, the highway was like, basically a one-way, one-lane highway. At a lot of points, it just narrows into like a one-lane highway. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's breathtaking. I cannot even put into words how beautiful it is. You, you're just on the edge of the island and you're surrounded by nothing but these giant mountains and this gorgeous rocky coast of like stunning water. I mean, you're just in a postcard basically. And you're also driving on a highway that's one lane and that dips up and down. So you don't know if there's a car coming over (laughs) from the other side. And then there's parts where it curves. So you don't know, again, if a car is coming from the other side. And so you're just doing your thing. And I'm trying to like see out far enough and pay really close attention. Um, I'm in my SUV. That's a 2010 and it's been through it. So I was a little bit, okay, we're going to make it. Is this car going to handle it? I had a full tank of gas, of course, but I was just like, God forbid anything happens. Um, because I'm out in the middle of nowhere, there's no service, and this is like a one-way highway, and I don't know how popular it is. I did run into maybe like a dozen cars and almost three accidents because of the turns, you guys. Like when I was turning, there's another car coming, and you can't control how fast they're going. I could be going at a snail's pace, and it was just wild. I felt like a true frontier woman, you know, in Maui, but I, I had never done anything like that before. I had never taken that kind of risk, I guess is the best way to put it, to be that kind of bold in my book to travel alone. And for all of you adventurers out there, because I know so many, I'm friends with a lot of people, they're going to clown on me and they're going to be like, they're just going to roll their eyes and kind of laugh at me. You know what? We're not all on your level. So good for you, but also for all of us normal folk who have a lot of different safety anxieties and like for not just driving purposes and never done it before. Um, and just because, like, honestly, as a, as a female, like, I grew up always just being scared. Always being scared. Not only, like, having being gaslighted that I'm a bad driver. And I will admit there were, I've gotten into a few, like, accidents. Like, smaller, more frequently, like, fender benders in L.A. Um, but knock on wood. Uh, I haven't recently. I've become a really good driver, I think. I'm a better driver than a lot of my guy friends, but I've had that mentality in my head for most of my life that women can't drive. And I'm an Asian woman, for God's sake. Like, I've been gaslit so much that, like, I'm a shit driver and I've had this programming in my head wondering, like, am I a shitty driver? Am I representing us badly? Because I, if I make one, you know, false move at a stop sign, it's like a different kind of rep sweats, like, that I'm going to be... I'm like waving the flag to everyone like, yes, Asian women suck at driving. I want to say for the record, I've been told by many people, including dudes, that I'm a good driver. I'm not always the best. I can get distracted and sleepy and all that stuff. But in general, like I can maneuver my stuff. I can parallel park like a freaking gangster. Like I'm great. But in this scenario, I was shedding my pants and I was in a new territory, new terrain, no cell service. And then at a certain point of this coastal drive, the road stops being paved, okay? So sorry if I'm like yelling in your ear too. I'll try to calm down. So I'm on this highway and it stops being paved. So now it's like a rocky ass road. On top of being hilly, it's uneven. And if anybody's been in an SUV where you're driving on like an uneven rocky like dirt road or like whatever, it's like you feel that. 
you're like bouncing along with it. I'm like bouncing as I talk. Um, but that it's 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 scary in its own way because for at least for me, I was really scared that I was gonna for some reason have a false thing or dip somewhere or cause the tire to pop. Like I was, what the hell happens if I? God forbid, like I was coming down to like 10 miles an hour. I'm creeping along. And um, what if I pop a tire and I, I can I can I successfully change a tire by myself? Uh, what, are, what if one of these people oncoming doesn't slow down enough in time? Say that I pop a tire and I have to I, I don't even know where I can pull over. There's no shoulder. I'm on a coast, you know what I mean? With a one lane dirt path. What if they just hit me? And then, or what if I lose control of the car and I fall off the coast and then I die there or lose a limb or go into, I don't know. I was like literally painting all the different versions of disaster. This is how this drive went, okay? So as much as I was really working, I was efforting the entire way to stay calm, stay focused, stay alert, um, be conscious of my surroundings. I really had to pee (laughs) and uh, because your girl was hydrating. And trying to like take in the scenery and like be really excited about this hike I was going to go on. And this whole time for like, I'd say a good hour and 30 minutes out of this two and a half hour drive, I was, I was getting terrified. I was so scared. And if I don't know if you want to sit there for an hour and a half or time that and think about how long that actually is to feel anxiety in like an intense way in a prolonged manner, that shit sucks. It sucks and it's really hard. <laughs> and if anybody feels those things and has gone through that, which I'm sure a lot of different people have, I'm giving you a fat, big, giant hug. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that because it is, I was shaking like a leaf at certain points. Um, but I did it. <laughs> Long story. I did it. I got to the hike. Um, Thank God I got cell service back. I shared my location with my friend, the one that was in my, but she was already back at home and now she was worried about me. I was like, Jane, I don't know how I got here. It was so scary. And she's like, oh my God, why do you have to go there? Why'd you go there by yourself? Okay, share your location. Um, did all that. And then I did my hike and it was absolutely gorgeous. Got eaten, eaten alive by mosquitoes. So if you ever go on these hikes, you guys bring your insect repellent. And then I had to drive back to go most of the same way back to go up to the volcano crater. Did all that. Um, And it was crazy because on the way out, I had mental preparation to do it again. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to, I have to do this again. And it was actually really mind boggling to me to go from that state of being like so anxious to this really gorgeous state where I'm like now in kind of quote unquote nature civilization with a bunch of other people, mind you, that had all done the road to Hana and they were all parking. And so I was like relieved to be around so many people. I felt more secure because I was like, okay, if something happens to me, if I break my leg on this trail, at least there's like a gazillion other tourists, even though it's like annoying that there's tourists, I felt safer. I was like, okay, somebody can actually like pick me up or like help me get back down this trail and into the car or like take me to a hospital. I don't know. This is my life and this is the way that I'm sure many other women do think and have to think and it it's terrible but it it is what it is. Did that when I left again. I was a lot less scared even though I was like dreading the drive again. Um 
And it was really, really fascinating. Honestly, I had some really profound realizations of just like the first time you have to experience anything is fucking hard. It is really hard. Like that coastal drive, you'd think conceptually, okay, Minji, you're going to go from point A to point B. You have Google Maps. You have a GPS for the most part. You know where you're going. You've prepared as much as you can. And then when you actually go and do it, even the vacation in general, as a whole, like now that I'm back, I am like way proud of myself and way more like, okay, I can go do that again. I've learned a lot from that first try, but like, I have to consider these, these, these things, and I can do it because I did it once. I can do it again. But that first time, you guys, that first step out, that first vacation solo, that first drive on that coastal highway can be so debilitating and so scary and so not what you imagine because you, at least in my mind, like, again, it's kind of like Instagram versus reality. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the sky and I'm going to you know, roll my windows down and listen to the music that I prepared and it's going to be amazing. And there were parts of it that were, yeah. But I'd say like 80% of it was more, oh shit, please don't let me die here. Please don't let me die here. Please don't let my tire pop. Oh my God, this person almost hit me. Oh my God, am I actually going to make it? Should I just turn around now? I should just turn around. I don't care if I'm two hours out of two hours and 30 minutes, you know, committed. I cannot finish this drive. I need to turn around and go. That's the kind of stuff that was going through my mind. And It's just another reminder that in life, the first time you try anything, A, is really probably never, ever going to be what you expect. Doesn't mean that it's not important. Doesn't mean it's not valuable. Doesn't mean that there's not parts of it to enjoy. But most likely, it really is going to be uncomfortable. And I'm saying that because I keep it real with all of you guys as much as humanly possible. It doesn't take away from, I guess, the... As much as I didn't enjoy it, I'm like still so proud of myself. And I'm very glad that I did it. I'm very grateful that I survived because, yeah, I just maybe I should make like a YouTube video about this. I want to warn people. I wish somebody had like, I don't know if warning would maybe it would just make me more anxious. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have helped. But either case, like I'm kind of, I'm that person. Clearly, I'm sitting here talking about this for like an hour. But, um, You know, you got to prep and you just got to do it. You just have to do it. And I'm glad that I did it. I would prefer to have somebody with me the next time that I do it. And um, but it also like I feel pretty I feel pretty badass now that I, I, I did it successfully by myself. And now I feel like better equipped and prepared to do something either that same thing or something like that again the next time. And literally when I rode back outside backtracking the same way I came in um I was probably I mean I was still a little bit tense but I think I was like 75% less tense than the first time when I when I went there it was a completely different version of me because I had successfully overcome it I had survived it you know so that's just a big realization that I had in this whole trip that I did proceeding and leading up to my 36th birthday from everything from booking it to accepting it to experiencing it front to end and now reflecting on it and being truthful about it not just romanticizing like how great it was because there were great parts but how honestly scared I was and um how worried I got and what kind of stuff it was really kind of pulling out of me I would 100% say it was worth it 
Um, and I'm really glad I did it. And happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Minji. <laughs> Way to level up. Uh, still, I'm like sweating thinking about all this. Not that it's it's also hot in LA right now. Um, but <sighs> it was a lot. But I'm really glad that I did it. I would like to, I feel much better about the concept of spending money on myself. I think it was 100% worth it. I actually do, you know, as much as I did get rest and like space away from all this noise, like literally as soon as I landed back in LAX and I was back on the road, I was like sirens everywhere and congestion at freaking midnight. It was like traffic, of course, in LA because it's freaking LA. And like, why would you not have the roads open at midnight um, on a Monday night? But uh, also thank you to Melly. My friend Melly was so wonderful and drove me. And ugh. It just made me grateful for a lot of things. It made me grateful for solitude. It made me grateful for my body. It made me grateful for my mind, for my time, for my autonomy, for my for my hard work. Like I was proud of myself that I earned the money to go experiencing experience something so beautiful. I was proud that I and grateful that I decided to go against the anxiety that I was feeling and to like sit with my feelings and respect and honor them, but also decide at the end of the day that my joy and relaxation was worth it and to take the plunge and spend that money. Um, So grateful for all of that. I'm grateful. And I was like, so willing. I was like, okay, like I did all this great stuff to get me to this point. There's so much more of life that I want to experience. And I'm going to go back and work. I'm not going to kill. And honestly, like with that relaxation within me, I came back with a renewed energy of like, I'm not going to kill myself to work anymore as much as I can. It's kind of a hard habit to break, but I'm very, very committed and very determined to not let work override my life and to make me kill myself. I love my work. But anytime people overdo anything, it can really take away from the joy, that like sweet spot where you're like in your element, you're doing what you love, you're good at it. It's giving you good return on investment in terms of like paying you good relationships. You feel like you're fulfilling your life purpose, which is what I, I do feel that when I'm doing my work. Um, but then again, you you overdo it, anything. You're then into like that ugly territory where like now you fucking hate the thing that you used to love and you resent it and you're burnt out. Like you guys, my voice was like so fried before I left for Hawaii. My voice was shot. I sounded like a freaking zombie. I was like, there's literally on the practical sense, I was like, I cannot book work this way. There's all this effort that I'm going to put into auditioning and it's going to go to shit because no one's going to hire that voice. I sound like a tired, like half alive person. My voice is how I, like, a huge part of how I make my living, you know? So all those things on a practical sense, on a on a moral and ethical and principle sense and a spiritual sense, like, all those things come into play. And I really encourage you guys to, like, sit with all the feelings. You know, there's there's a lot there, clearly. I, I'm not, I haven't even told you everything, but that's just, like, <laughs> in Minji world, this is, like, the Cliff Notes version. But I really, you know, encourage anybody who's tuning into this, if this resonates with you at all, you know, I I grew up in California, in Silicon Valley. I work in Hollywood. Um, I'm Korean American. Like work is in my freaking blood, my veins, my pores, my DNA. It's like everything, right? I have really identified myself by what I do, how I do it, who knows about it, how they think about it, and then what I think about what they think about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it has defined me so deeply. 
And also coupled with that in my private life, like, again, because that gave me such identity and gave me like a high horse to sit on and give me some level of validation and self-worth and like, I can say that I'm this title and I've worked on this project with this brand and that being a point of like a way to impress people. Um, And then that really skewed sense of self that would show up in my romantic relationships, my personal relationships, feeling burnt out from friendships, from my family, from, you know, romantic relationships or lack thereof, whatever you want to call it, like this cycle that I've been going through for years and years and years. I'll tell you from my earnest heart, like it's an ongoing process So like wherever you're at is fine. And if you're feeling at your burnt out place or, you know, feeling a little bit, the word I use is like in despair because I I get into despair mode. Like I can because I can catastrophize things. That's why therapy has helped me a lot. There's a way for it to be, be alleviated, for it to subside, for it to be better. You know, it can. Just because you're at where you're at right now doesn't mean that's the final destination. It doesn't mean that's how it's always going to go. And I hope that me sharing the things that I do lets you know with very emphatic confirmation you're not alone. You're not the only person to struggle over a simple decision, quote unquote, to take a break. Um, Because we didn't even get into the body image issues like literally me sitting on a beach like I was going through it there and really working on accepting my body, myself. Um, there's so many things that we go through as humans and it's it's all okay. It's And I'm learning that right now and this is a big reflection I'll share. Um, I'm learning how to accept what is. I think I've been really <sighs> to a fault, like kind of to a potentially at times in the past damaging and obsessive level of like trying to fix everything including especially myself that I've had a really hard time accepting who and what I am and letting that be okay and I've talked about this before and first of all and I'm probably going to continue talking about again we're all going through it and that's maybe just like the lifelong thing that you keep accepting as you get older you're like okay well I'm such and such age and I'm not I'm a lot better in all these ways and I'm like still working on this and I'm just reaching a point I'm very grateful right now to to say out loud like I'm reaching that point of like I just am what I am man like I just am who and what I am I probably won't be the exact same tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that if I get tomorrow and if I get the day after that because that's not guaranteed that's what COVID has taught all of us in a very significant way at least for me um but that self-acceptance and that that self-love, I just, I don't know if I'm quite there yet, to be honest, but I'm closer now than I ever have been before. And therefore, I want to reiterate, there's light at the end of the tunnel for anybody and everybody. I really, really believe in miracles. My friend Melly will tell you she's been there, witnessed it with me, and stuff happened in Maui too. Like, I say stuff and, and shit happens. Like, I, I'm, people don't, I don't talk about this on the air that much, and I promised it before, and I apologize for not doing an episode, but I've talked about manifestation and law of attraction and all that stuff. I've had way more times than I can count of things that I've said, either jokingly um, or seriously, kind of let it go into the universe and have it had happen 
like the way that I wanted and the way that I specified or the way that I joked about, like things have happened because I said so. And I've gotten signs. I've gotten a lot of crazy stuff that when people hear about, they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, what, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I believe people have power. We have the ability to rise above incredibly difficult things, which I think usually the most difficult thing is ourselves, our own mind, our own psyche, our own um, wounds and traumas. We have the ability to to muscle through, to rest through, to relax and accept through all these really crazy things that feel impossible. I truly believe in miracles. You never know what's going to prompt it. So I think that's my biggest takeaway. There were a lot of millions of miracles that happened on this vacation leading up to it and through it and after. Um, and I'm just so grateful for that. It's a miracle that I spent six days wearing a bikini. I'm honestly like, that has never happened before. I'm not going to show you pictures of it, but I'm very grateful that I was able to do that. That's a huge, that's leaps and bounds in a right direction for me to accept my body, who I am, and just be, be present, not fret about it, not obsess about it, not judge myself and criticize myself. That was a big win for me. That's a miracle. Like, if you had asked me, even right before, I'd be like, bruh, like, I don't know. I don't know if that can happen. I would have doubted it. I wouldn't have completely believed it. I would have hope and a, a little bit of faith that, like, I think I can do it eventually. But that was a little miracle, and I'm going to milk the shit out of that, you guys. I'm going to take that with me because, again, the voices come back sometimes, and I don't know how strong, depending on where my hormonal cycle is. But it can come back, and it, it probably will. But while I have it, I'm going to cherish it and I'm going to really let it live inside of me in a real way so that I can hopefully prolong it longer the next time and make that my new way of thinking. It's possible. A lot of things are possible. And I do really want to emphasize to everybody because I've talked to a lot of different friends on the health front that the power of sleep and rest the power of stretching and yoga. Like, y'all, these are cliches, you know what I mean? Listen to them. We all, I need to listen to them. I am learning to listen to them. The simple shit, drinking water, wearing your sunscreen to prevent skin cancer, getting enough sleep, those simple things, like those small things that a lot of us neglect can literally change our lives. I don't know how else to like tell you how much my energy has changed once I really prioritize sleep. I'm still not that great at it, but I'm way better than I used to be in terms of even I'll say, because I've been so obsessed with this in terms of like weight loss and fitness, sleep is where you burn fat, you guys. So research that. Look at the science. Look at the facts, not your your thoughts and beliefs and stuff. Look at what is, you know, um, your mood regulation, like my irritability, my forgetfulness, my all of it, like all this stuff that I would it would just get so fucked up. Some of it has just gone away simply by sleeping more because my body is rested and my body is not fighting to be at some, you know, proper homeostasis that I wreck because I'm like, I have to pull an all-nighter or this thing is so much more important than, you know, getting sleep or this person, whatever. Um, and all of it, it keeps, it's just a progress, you know, boundaries, all of that. Like I protect that a lot more. I'm being a lot less tolerant with people who, frankly, in the past I felt have stolen from me. I let them, a lot of them, but they also had the audacity to like steal my time and energy. Sometimes like I'll be 
I won't even say who because it's not necessary. I've had friends where like they want to talk to me and I say, no, I'm going to bed. And they're like, no, I need to talk to you. And they're, and they've like stolen my sleep. And I feel, I then like don't like them that much as a friend because I was like, yo, I told you I needed to rest and like it's late at night. Like what gives you the right to like take my sleep from me? That's the way I look at things right now. Um, I tried to put down a boundary and they, I did put down a boundary. I didn't try. I did put down a boundary and they literally walked over it and didn't care. Um, that damages friendships. You know, we'll talk about that in future episodes. I won't get into here, but like I'm working on all those things. Those to me are running a long marathon of figuring out what self-love means, how it shows up in our behaviors, how it shifts our mindsets, how we can better tweak. And I've been highly obsessed with all this self-development stuff. And I don't think I'm going to necessarily let up on it because I did, you know, say that I was obsessed with like fixing myself. Um, but I, I think my my frame of mind has changed a lot with the acceptance of like, I'm good the way that I am and everything I have right now is enough and it's fine. I can still do those things that improve my life without the attitude and without the lens of it being like, I need to fix myself. It's like, no, I just want to like sleep more. I just like sleep. So I like more of it in my life. Thank you very much. <laughs> and sleeping more will fix, I think, a lot of things or like, but I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm looking at it less that way. Let's put it like that. So I can't even get into my bad story because <laughs> I'm not going to keep you guys and I, I also have things to do. But uh, in short, actually, I'll just say I had a really bad fight with my dad right before Father's Day. Um, I thought we were past that. And so that was like another thing that kind of rocked my universe that I felt set me back. I felt like it put me right back. Like I feel like I had lost like 10 years of progress with that one fight with my dad. Um, and that was kind of the thing that was preceding my vacation and making me sit with some really, really ugly, uncomfortable thoughts about why is my dad this way? Why am I this way? Feelings of blame, feelings of shame, feelings of rage and resentment and just complete and utter like, I don't want to give a fuck about any of this anymore feeling. Uh, it gets intense. I I can be intense, very much so. And that was a really, it was a really sucky moment. But I think it was kind of a watershed moment because I handled it differently than I usually did. Um, basically I was visiting him. It blew up. I left the house. I packed all my stuff up. I booked, I rebooked my flight within five minutes of this flight. I left my parents' house and I was on my way to the airport crying and like venting to my mom. Um, and I got to the airport literally ready to get on a flight and never speak to my father again. But then I chose differently. It's been maybe the same fight over and over again, but it's a different version of me. And it's also a different version of him. And when I got to the terminal, I turned around. I got all the way to Oakland Airport and I turned around. I turned around and got a rental car in case I needed a getaway car. So because your girl's smart and um, I was I needed to make a safety net for myself. But um, yeah, I, I turned around and I went back and we did go through like what another five days of not speaking to each other and a lot of silent treatment and walking on eggshells, which really brought up a lot of sucky feelings in me. But at the end of the day, like it was Father's Day shortly thereafter. And I decided to call him because I have had this like ongoing thing of like, I want to 
at the end of the day, I want to make decisions that I, I feel good about and that I'm proud of. And even if he's not going to be the way that I think he should be, which should is like one of my favorite, most awful words. Um, even if he's not the way I want him to be, that I wish he could be, I'm not going to let that dictate the way that I'm going to be. And that's been like why my dad has been my biggest enemy, my biggest teacher, my biggest challenge in my entire freaking life because he makes me go crazy. See, I need to change that phrasing. He doesn't make it. I go crazy around him. <laughs> we 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 uh, provoke each other a lot. We're very much alike too, which is ironic. Um, I get very worked up around him. I get very angry around him. I get very triggered around him. I get, I turn very ugly around him. And I've been learning ongoing basis, like how to take responsibility for who I am, who he is, not to blame him, not to blame him or anybody, the circumstances on like how I choose to conduct myself. Um, so at the end of the day, I called him on Father's Day. Five days later, when I had returned back to L.A., he answered. I was shocked. He received my happy Father's Day, albeit he was kind of like stoic about it, but he said, thank you. That's a miracle, you guys. That's a that's the fastest turnaround we have ever, ever. And we have had many blowups. That is the fastest turnaround of us reconciling. So as much as like that whole week like shook me and pissed me off and wore me out. And frankly, that's honestly a huge reason why I went quiet. Like I it really kind of cracked me open, burnt me out in a very special way that only family knows how to do. I swear to God. Um, I couldn't record anything. I just like, like something in my spirit died for a moment. I was so sick of him and myself and everybody and everything. I just needed a moment. That bookended by this Maui trip, I think has been really transformational. Um, my life is constantly interesting, always teaching me things. And I, I'm excited that you guys have been part of this journey, whether it's been the last entire four years. Thank you. And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, thank you for being with me as I've changed a lot. Apparently, I think I have. I haven't listened to everything since the beginning, but I've been told by listeners like, Minji, you've changed a lot. That's freaking crazy. And the fact that people have, have gotten something out of it, hopefully by tuning in and listening to my stories and the stories of so many of the amazing guests have taken the time to share with me and be vulnerable and give me advice, give the world advice and share their lessons learned and their wisdom. It, that process has changed my life forever. So it means so much to me that you guys have taken the time to tune in because I really do value that. I value people's time and energy. Um, and it's been an honor to like share this and to be challenged to keep getting up and, you know, keep making content when I doubt myself or when I am burnt out and I need to figure out how to take space for myself and not be driven by guilt and obligation to do things and trying to figure out a way to be consistent and how to be strategic as a businesswoman, as a content creator, as a person that has a following, you know, however small or large or comparatively popular I have or have not been that I've obsessed over that I'm working on not doing anymore. Um, it's been really incredible four years. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I'm so grateful to all of you for tuning in. And I'm thankful to Marvin and Juliana, my team, who have, like, there are not enough words in the English language to thank you guys or describe how much you guys have helped me 
overcome some really crazy internal internal obstacles to feel like I have something worthwhile to say and to share with the world. And Marvin, heads up, I've told you before, but like we get complimented all the time for how good this podcast sounds. It's all you. Like I have to, I need everyone to know the polished level of this podcast is all Marvin. Like I talk and then he edits and like makes it all seamless and presentable so that everybody else out there can enjoy it in in a in an amazing way. So um, there's always people behind the scenes that are helping everybody out along every part of the journey. And I hope that we can all stop and take a moment to thank them, even if you don't reach out to them, which I hope you will. But even if you don't, you don't have time, it's fine. Even thanking them in your mind, in your heart, just taking that second to recognize and acknowledge what they've given to you and to the world. Um, I think that energy is really, really palpable. It's very powerful. It is felt, even if you will never get confirmation of it. And I do think that, like, now more than ever, I I do voice work. I That phrase has been used everywhere all the time in all the things this year. Now more than ever. But I do believe it. Now more than ever, we need that positivity. We need more of that love. We need more of that encouragement. We need more of that support. We need more gratitude. We need more courage. Those are all the things that I'm working on very intentionally to have more in my life. Year 36 is going to be a banger. I know it. I can feel it. It's I'm kind of scared. But as we learn from the Maui vacation, like I'm going to deal with my fears, you know? And to bring back to the thank yous, Juliana, I freaking love you. Thank you for being with me the last several months and for being such a supporter. Y'all need to thank Juliana too because I would have quit multiple times, especially during COVID and how how fucked up it got. Um, Juliana was a new addition to my team. I just was like, I want to make sure that this can carry on and I don't think I can do it alone. And it was strange for me to admit and it was an investment of mine to do. So Juliana, thank you. And I want you guys to know, just to be transparent, like... My And my Patreon patrons who freaking, like, helped me get this far and supported me since day one. Um, That goes to my team. So if you guys want to support, first of all, it goes directly to Marvin and Juliana who helped me keep this going. Um, And this is, like, my expensive hobby. <laughs> but I really freaking love it. So just, like, keeping it real, like, this is where... You know, it would be great for us to become like a bigger channel. I would love for that to happen. If you want to sponsor, like holler, first of all, pod at gmail.com. But in the meantime, I'm just grateful that I have a producer and I have a marketing team, that is Juliana, to help me stay afloat. And um, yeah, we're going to continue to invest in this and hopefully be shareable. So if you guys enjoyed this or any other episode, thank you. Stay tuned. Please leave a five-star review. It does help people find this podcast and, and you know come across i've been exploring more other podcasts and it's been incredible there's so much cool stuff out there like not enough hours and so much cool stuff and great stories i would love to add to that add some dimension to that add some humor and ridiculousness and minginess to that with all of my awesome friends that you guys have gotten to know along the way there's so many more that i want to have here to share their thoughts and it won't all be repeat gets i have steve coming up this i think it's third time on the show But there's incredible folks that I have lined up um, because I'm not giving up on, first of all, and I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on me. And I just love all you guys. So, yeah. Thank you. Happy birthday to, first of all, fourth fourth birthday. I feel like it's like a collective birthday, even though it's it's like my podcast with Marvin um, and Juliana. But 
I, I genuinely, I don't know, it's a strange feeling to be a content creator and just feel like this is like a joint community and effort. That being said, I have a new video finally up on my Patreon page. So check out patreon.com slash first of all podcast if you want to become a backer of this podcast. Um, There's different perks because I learned a lot along the way about what works and what does not. Thank you guys so much to my Patreon patrons and Juliana and thanking you because this girl who I hired to help me be part of my marketing team, she's a patron of mine. And like, what the hell? Like, what did I do to deserve this love? It's insane. But I receive it so gratefully. Thank you, Juliana. You're my patron of the week. I freaking love you. And uh, yeah, go check that out. And if you don't want to do the Patreon thing, uh, other folks have been asking so kindly. You can go to firstofallpod.com and you can find other ways to contribute and um, be generous. People have donated through Cash App and PayPal. And uh, I don't have Venmo. That's another story. And also I have my Amazon wish list and all that stuff. And it is my birthday. So feel free to tip if you'd like. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. I love you guys so much. Please do check out the Potluck Podcast Collective, which I'm a member of. It's other Asian-American podcasters and storytellers. You can find, first of all, and Potluck Podcasts on all the platforms, on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere else you find podcasts. Do share it with a friend. Go check out other shows. Expand your mind. Take time to be happy, be joyful, be grateful. None of this is guaranteed, so let's take care of the earth ourselves while we can because... It can be a really, really beautiful ride, and so let's enjoy it, okay? I love you all so much. And last but not least, thank you to Uzuhan for use of his song Uzu Trap for the intro. And for the outro, I'm putting my dude Tim Atlas with his song Peace at Last because I love that song, and it's what I'm feeling in my heart right now. Sidebar, if you guys want to check out my work, uh, Tim Atlas was the first musician, the first, uh, he was the inspiration behind my very first like video content creation ever as a director, writer, and actor. I did a music video for his song, 10 Goodbyes. So if you go on YouTube and look up Tim Atlas, 10 Goodbyes, unofficial music video, that's me. That's my dude, Kenny. And I made that with my friend, John Enriquez, who I love so much. I love both of you guys. If you guys listen to this, I don't know if you do. But uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. Take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Brian. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 